Welcome to the DSEF. The Direct Selling Executives Forum was created to be a place where real direct selling executives and vendors in the space can come out and share solutions to challenges that face us all in the marketplace. Our guest today is going to be unpacking a topic and sharing their raw thoughts for you to learn from. All right, let's go meet our guest. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our next panel in the Direct Selling Executives Forum. Uh, we're taking a break from our Women in Leadership series to talk about frameworks for viral video creation. You know, as we were digging through for this panel, we were thinking about who would be best to bring out to actually unpack this idea. You know, content is everything when it comes to how we empower distributors to share the story compliantly, how we engage new audiences and customers. And when we were talking through this discussion, I was having a conversation with uh, Wayne Moorhead from DSN. Wayne has served as an executive at Purple Mattresses for years. And I said, Wayne, you guys produced amazing content that got hundreds of millions of views and did hundreds of millions of dollars in sales. What was your secret? How did you get it done? And uh, Wayne opened up his book of secrets and said, you need to meet Scott Dastra. And Scott, we're so excited to have you here today. <laughs> Thank it you. It is so fun to have you come all the way out from Salt Lake City, Utah to Chicago to be here and share on the panel today. It's a total treat to have you here. This is a wild story of how all of this came to be and how you I even moved from like shooting video for fun to now with this huge business and and just grateful to have you here today so yeah, yeah. thank you for flying me out <laughs> all yeah, good. glad glad to be here man dude all good and, and today's just been a jam of hearing all these stories it is it's been a total treat and as we jump into the podcast today i wanted to have people just hear a little bit of the context of your story because you started off in your career in a way that's truly giving to others in the beginning. Like you didn't just move right into doing these huge projects. You started in a very humble way on Kickstarter, working with other people and helping them launch their products. So walk through what your start was getting into video production and then what that turned into Purple. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so in the early days, I was I was very new, very new at video, but I had grown up with it. You know, my dad was a videographer and I'd watched him do it, but I didn't have a lot of experience. And so I didn't want to go into these projects really demanding like, you know, these these big budgets. But I was pretty good at it. I started to find, you know, pretty decent at writing these little commercials. I'm pretty, you know, handy at just like manning a camera and I can even cut, you know, I can edit. I can do all the different steps and save some, you know, small business owners like a lot of money. And so I, I took on a job. You know, somebody was, was, they were actually, it was just an iPad case that mm -hmm. was like this magnetic kind of funky, cool iPad case. <laughs> and I took it on for very, like almost no money there you go. and um, helped them run the campaign. It, it went great, super successful. And, but it was really not a big budget. It was just me kind of doing everything. And so, I, but I was, I was okay with that. Like I was happy to help these people who mm -hmm. were just trying to start their business. They didn't have a lot of capital. They were investing in, you know, in the business, in the video themselves out of their mm -hmm. own pockets. And I was happy to provide the service. So of course, when you do something that works for that inexpensive, they start to tell their friends and then they tell their friends. And so mm -hmm. at some point I was like the Utah cheap Kickstarter video guy, <laughs> you know, for a while. And that led me to eventually meeting Alex MacArthur and Dan Bischoff. Mm -hmm. And they were initially trying to kickstart a manly robe company called Awesome <laughs> Robes. You know, they just had this idea like, you know, we're going to make crazy robes Brilliant. and one's going to look like one of them. They wanted to look like Sasquatch, actually. So it's probably <laughs> a little um, inspiration. Yeah. yeah. 
And so we shot this little video for like 400 bucks and it was really funny and simple, but dumb. And two of them, both of those guys, Dan and and Alex actually ended up going to purple and got hired as, you know, as uh, marketing execs or consultants initially, then they got hired and they were, they just remembered that goofy kid who filmed a video for them in a pinch. And they were like, let's see what he can do. And they, you know, that's how I got intro to purple mattress, which ended up being like a massive kind of a life-changing opportunity yeah. for me. So I'm like super grateful to those guys for remembering me and pulling me in. You know what I love about your story too is you can't judge opportunities at face value so many times. You know, a lot of people, you think about some of these amazing stories of our time, like the company Netflix. You know, here's mm-hmm. Mark and Netflix. And Mark's original idea before Netflix was custom baseball bats online. Yeah. Like literally, <laughs> you read his, his, the stories yeah. and you're like, Okay, he almost was the custom baseball bat company and then was concerned about its scale and then did Netflix. And so just like you said, Crazy. It, it, we might not have ne- ever had purple mattresses. It could have just been awesome robes. It yeah. have all literally uh-huh. just been sporting some <laughs> very nicely designed robes. Yeah, you know? yeah. And you just you sit there and you say, wow. And it, it's always amazing to me that when you show up and you create value and you give anyway, how that harvest is just blessed, right? In, yeah, in our for lives. sure. And I think that's a, just a... Even you sharing that, it's just an important note as we generously lead in your direct selling business. This is one of those things just for each of the executives that are on, you know, when you hear even Scott's story of how that creates more opportunities, this is something to teach your affiliate force. This is something to teach your referral marketing force that, hey, gang, it's that perspective of generously creating value in other people's lives that's going to bring back all kinds of harvest to yourself. That's just such a powerful part of the story. You know, now you learned a ton as you got to jump into this world at Purple, building ads and campaigns that, I mean, today I was just checking Google. They cleared over $500 million last year net. And, mm-hmm. and you're sitting there saying, holy cow, this is seven, eight years later. This amazing brand and business has been built uh, from this. And one of the things that I think is really important to talk about first before we get into frameworks, and DSEF is all about frameworks. Everyone who's listening here is like, give me the recipe. Like, that's Mm -hmm. how this group works. And we we love it because we're unpacking real ideas that actual entrepreneurs are using inside of their business. But before we get to any framework talk, what are some of the pitfalls you ran across of just projects where people wanted to do funny, entertaining, viral content, and it didn't work well? Like, what were some of the pitfalls you would just you would just share with some of the people who are listening today who are saying, oh man, of course we, we understand we want to sell stuff. You, know, you have this line on your LinkedIn that I love. You want to sell stuff. They want to be entertained. I can help. And mm-hmm. I love that perspective. But let's, let's talk about where some of these things go wrong just so we can think about that first. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've, I've had, the, had the opportunity to, to try and to succeed and try and fail. Sure. And I've had really great bosses that were okay with letting me have those, you know, those opportunities to learn. Sure. And some of the stuff that we, that we found was we had this feeling that, okay, we have to be funny. We have to do Mm. jokes. We have to do this. We have to do that. And so we were kind of trying to shoehorn the humor in without it really truly relating to the problem or the product. Mm. And we actually found there was, I remember there was one video that was doing pretty good, but we could go look at the Google analytics or the YouTube analytics and see that's one specific moment where people just dropped. Mm. And so we were like, you know, we went and looked at what was the, what was that moment? And it was just some like dumb, unrelated joke. It's not it's not that the joke was bad or that mm-hmm. 
but it's it's almost like it shut people's mind off in that mm. moment when it came to you know relating to the ad. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that we that we kind of discovered was, hey, we can't just do humor for humor's sake. It, mm-hmm. There has to be intention behind every joke that relates back to either the benefit of, you know, whatever we're selling or relates to the problem people are experiencing. Mm-hmm. And even if that's couched in a weird Sasquatch world with Mama Sasquatch, <laughs> sure. you know, all of the jokes from that from that spot are about mattresses mattress protectors mm-hmm. things a normal mom would deal with when it comes mm-hmm. to the mattress yeah, and motherhood yeah, yeah. and yeah. you know with a few yeah. little even the throwaway lines to like my husband's conspiracy theories <laughs> um you know all they're they're all still relating to that like sure. really grounded world and so that's kind of the, the perspective i try to write from now because you can't just just try to be funny it, there's got to mm-hmm. be a, a like a real you know a, a real point that relates back for people to kind of latch on to that's really solid. You know, in our discussion earlier today, too, we talked about some of the challenges just in the traditional flow of people who want to create viral content. Mm-hmm. You know, usually we think, oh, we're going to hire this creative director because they're, they're, they're magic, you know, they're, they're magic mark over here. This dude is so talented. Woo! Did you see the last thing he did? Like, he's going to knock it out of the park on the script. Like, this script's going to be awesome. What's been your experience of just... People who are, you know, believe that only one way, you know, like, like, okay, we've done it. We put the brawl, the creative people in the room and this thing's going to be the win. You know, what have you seen? You were, you were talking a little bit about your experience with uh, Post Purple and Ad with Casper. And I thought that was a really interesting story mm-hmm. when they came to the table. Share what the experience was. I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. yeah so, you know, we, we kind of developed a, a formula, right, mm. at, at Purple for how to, how to mitigate a potential down, like a video that might not perform the way that we want it to. Yeah. Because, yeah, you sit in a room, you're like, okay, we hope we've got the silver bullet to get somebody yeah. to convert here. And sometimes your guesses are just a little bit off or, or maybe way off. And so what we did is we would build out our scripts in pre-production in a way that was very modular. All right, so, here, so here's the framework. This is important. Everyone's always asking for framework. Yeah. So if you're going to follow framework, let's let's unpack. This is perfect. Yeah, yeah. so so for I example, we yeah. would go into, we know that our mattress solves the problem of comfort, cooling, this, that, you know, so we'd have these different ideas. Okay, now how can we talk to that in this mm-hmm. world? How do we talk to that problem or that solution or that thing in our kind of funny little conceptual world, you know, yeah. whoever the characters were? And what's really going to what's really going to grab people like what's going to like really stick out to somebody is like, hey, that's one. This is this is interesting, funny, attention grabbing, whatever. But that also speaks to a problem that I have. And again, we don't always know what those are. So we would come out with our best guesses and come out with enough of them that we feel like our bases are covered here. And we would go into, you know, production with all these different intros because your your first five to 10 seconds is what makes or breaks the conversion of a video. Right. And so we would we would go into it. We'd shoot all the different intros and we would find clear winners in testing. So Mm -hmm. we would test them on YouTube or test them on Facebook and see which ones converted. And we would find real clear like, wow, this line right here. Did you know your pillow is full of garbage is the clear winner over do you want to sleep cool or does your neck hurt you know or whatever Mm -hmm. those other those other intro Mm -hmm. lines might be which was really interesting so you can again you can hopefully mitigate some of that you know potential you know loss if you put all this money into a yeah you know that just doesn't convert as well as you need it to 
And later on, after I left Purple, I did work with with Casper. Casper mm-hmm. came out and, and chatted with me and wanted to do an ad. They're like, we've got this ad. We got the script. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's ready to go. We just want you to produce and direct it. And I was like looking at the script and I was like, there's more that can be done here. Sure. To make it successful. Yeah. And they were like, no, we, you know, it's good the way it is. Just shoot it, direct, you know, finish it, send it over. And so we did. And it was beautiful. It looked, it looked great. Sure. Looked great. Sounded great. Didn't move the needle yeah. for Casper. You know, it was one of those things that they, yeah. they threw up, they, they threw onto their YouTube channel and maybe it got, you know, a thousand views or something. And then they just moved sure. on. It's because they didn't kind of, they didn't truly understand or care about yeah. that, you know, that iterative process of kind of refining your content in a way over time. Cause there were times again, where we would put out a piece of content and we would find, you know, let's, we're going to change this little bit yeah. and we're going to change this. And every time it would get better and better and better. Yeah. A lot of people don't do that. And yeah. so, yeah, that that's hopefully that explains well, that. And I love this picture because like I have learned that I don't know the answer for the marketplace. I'm building software and social media apps and stuff for different direct selling companies. I'm always amazed at what actually works in social media for so many of our clients. Like, well, if clients will have like beautiful pictures of someone enjoying their product and then they'll have this awesome, you know, uh, picture of uh, someone's results or before and afters and none of that worked for that client. And then all of a sudden it was memes from the TV show, The Office or Friends yeah. from the 90s that's converting higher than beautiful pictures of their product. Um, I had one client that was just uh, killing it in the education space for financial services education and you'd usually think there'd be like monitors on the wall of someone trading, like learn mm-hmm. how to trade with me. That's going to yeah. work. And no, it was like memes from Boba Fett in Disney's The Mandalorian and yeah. Baby Yoda talking about pips and tips and trades. And I'm sitting there thinking, wait, that's what worked for their folks overseas to share and get people into their group. And so I'm always amazed at what we learned. And the first phone call you and I ever had, I was like, so, so Scott, what's your, what's your process? What do you do this? And you mentioned that idea of a framework of A, B, C, D, E, F, G, mm-hmm. testing. And you said that on the phone. It, it took me a second. I said, oh, wait a minute. Wait, I, I hear about A, B testing all the time, but yeah. A, B, C, D, E. And I was thinking, oh, it's so brilliant. You already have the crew out. You've already spent all this money on a script. You've already built the story to, right. to be relevant and emotionally capture people. Why waste that investment on exactly. just the wrong first five seconds? Yeah. We got to be honest enough that we don't know. We don't know what the market we is going to say, oh, that got me. And so why, instead of having one at bat, if we want to have a little Super Bowl's over, we can have a baseball yeah. analogy, right? <laughs> so instead of having one at bat, why not have eight? Why not have 10? Yeah. With just another five-second intro. Yeah, because, I mean, it, it yeah. really was a very low effort but very high reward uh, process. So. And, and it also was, I mean, it was helpful to have that thought through in the pre-production stage. Oh, yeah. So, but yeah, the day of the shoot, maybe we're adding 10 minutes to our, you know, <laughs> yeah. to one shot. So, but yeah, that, and that was, that process was like, you talk to any of the, of the executives at yeah. Purple, everybody always wants to, you know, say, oh, it was this one video or this one video, but those were just the videos that you that you saw. Yeah. You didn't see the ones that you didn't, didn't see it. all the testing yeah. that was happening on, you know, behind the scenes until, you know, the very end. So there was really that. a process there. You know, I, I love it. We see this in other areas of our life and sometimes we miss it. Like we miss the lesson. Sometimes these lessons are all around us and we just, we're still blind to it. And so it takes a moment, like someone like Scott sharing on the podcast for it to click. I mean, I, I we were just talking earlier. I was thinking of a brand we all love like Pixar, right? The movie you saw with your children for Pixar was not their first thought 
of all their writers and everything they did. Like when you right. when you study Pixar's frameworks, just as an example, gang, many times you're looking at, you know, that was Inside Out version 27. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was not Inside Out version 1 that you watched with your kids. That was Finding Nemo version 17. Uh, that was not version 1. And so they, they show their full-length movies, even when the animation's rough and not finished, and they watch the audience and these 100 people watching, they see, does that joke hit? Did it land well? Did people get it? There are entire characters if you study Pixar at all, missing from final films hmm. where they're like, that f- best friend is not even needed. Yeah. Like pull them out. It makes the like story Like they're taking better. away. Yeah. 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 They're robbing the energy from this thought. And so the, when, when Scott unpacked this, I thought it was so good. Before we move to our one thing, one thing that's very unique about your situation, Scott, is post purple, you actually got a role at a direct selling company. Yeah. And and here we are. It's a direct selling executive mm-hmm. There's hundreds of direct selling executives who enjoy this. You uh, came to a company called Truvy. Yep. And at that time, it was True Vision Health. And you were, you were part of changing at the Truvy. Now, you noticed a couple things that you shared with me uh, when we were in the car about like trends of what, what we see direct selling companies normally do when they could just stay focused and, and some of the challenges of the industry that we make. And I, I would love for you to share that. Like what you saw when you were saying that how, and it's, it's easy. Like we, sometimes you get a voice from the outside that um, see something we don't see when we're so close to our own businesses. And I loved the perspective you shared with me earlier in the car of like, yeah, when a, when a month doesn't go the way you want it to, what do you do as an executive team yeah. and how do you stay focused? And so what were some of the things you saw that were just distractions to a culture and how did you shape that up transferring True Vision to Truvy? Yeah, so I, yeah. I was brought on initially as creative director and it was called True Vision Health. And yeah. I basically sat down and I kind of looked at the catalog of products and I looked at, you know, what they were doing, the way they were marketing it and the name itself and the logo. Sure. And it had a very, you know, it was just a long name. It's the same font as, you know, your local law firm or something like that. Sure. Like I it, remember it was, that. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ariel. <laughs> and, and what I wanted to do was I wanted to make it friendly because I feel like, especially in the direct sales, space people are very nervous right you know the interaction can be spooky for people to go out and share this with their friends and so when they're going out and they're like hello this is true vision health and people were literally like is it a vision company? Like, what are yeah. you? You're going to sell me some you glasses? Know, yeah. Contacts? I already wear contacts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah, we rebranded to Truvy and we, we kind of got rid of the super corporate colors and fonts and we made them soft and we made them, you know, kind of curvy. And their, their main thing, their main product was a weight loss yeah. supplement that had a really powerful kind of sharing program. And so I was like, hey, we've got all these other, you know, these all these mm-hmm. other products are really not moving the needle one way or, mm-hmm. or another. This is where like 95% of your income is coming from. Yeah. We should focus on that and not confuse the field with all this extraneous stuff. Yeah, keeping it simple. Um, keep it simple. And so we did that. We cut things down. We rebranded and they had like a really amazing, you know, a really amazing year after that. In that industry, like people tend to, because you are listening, I think in, uh, at the higher up level, you are listening to the fears of the individuals yeah, the that are down, you know, down sure. there in the field working. And if they have a down month, yeah, they're coming up and they're talking to you and they're like, we're not, we're not, mm-hmm. you know, like we're not performing. Somebody else might be doing well, mm-hmm. but this person's not. And so it becomes a very reactive or potentially becomes a very reactive culture where you, 
as soon as something goes, what how you perceive to be wrong or a down month or or whatever it might be, you know, whoever's controlling that rudder just pulls it in the mm-hmm. other direction and then the ship is going this way mm-hmm. and then, you know, it might start evening out and then somebody freaks out over here and then you pull it to listen to them. And really what I think those companies need is just a lot of steady, you know, if you have something that's working, if you have something that's helpful, if you have something that is is simple to understand and share, yeah. like keep keep a steady course and don't be so quick to okay, we're going to change the comp plan, we're going to throw mm. in a new a new a completely new product, yeah. you know, surprise we sell, you know, cleaner now and we yeah. were a weight loss company. So, you know, that's yeah. that's what I saw coming from again coming from a, a direct to consumer space yeah. and seeing how that worked and seeing how you could pull the levers there. And by that, I mean, like, you know, if we if we wanted to, if we had a, an ad that was working, mm-hmm. we could simply increase the dollar spend behind it, put it on YouTube, put it on, and we would see things go up. Direct sales is very different. You mm-hmm. don't have those in, you know, those one levers, you know, <laughs> yeah. that one lever that controls you everything. You have the buttons like you that. You have a <laughs> yeah. lot of different yeah. competing cultures and ideas. Yes. And so it's, it is a complicated space, but that's why I feel like it needs some consistency, yeah. you know, so. Well, I, I love the warning because coming from D2C and then looking at referral marketing today, because everyone in direct sales today, it's not just MLM, there's influencer marketing mm-hmm. and party plan. Totally. It's, it's, it's this idea of, it's already complicated enough that with, to have so many humans involved. Why don't we keep the day simple? And when we're in times of fear, let's let's be careful that we don't create a downward spiral by overcomplicating yeah. the simple that is working. Because I, I've seen that. I mean, mm-hmm. I've seen we've seen ingredient changes or pr- products being added where someone would think, oh, that's a really good thing. That's going to add to sales. That's going to be powerful. And it's it, good what, for that month, it, maybe. Yeah, and, but then and then. How did it overcomplicate it? A good one we've run into for years is uh, options on enrollment. Okay, mm-hmm. There is a uh, company we had in 2016, moved to one of the platforms we built, a yeah, four-year-old direct selling company under six figures in revenue. And one of the things they did is they slimmed down their offer to one. Yeah. One subscription. One, one way to uh-huh. get in. So immediately on their nightly webinars, it moved from like, hey, which of these four options should you pick to the question, are you in or are you out? And I loved it, Scott. Like, I love the simplicity from it. Yeah. And this was so beautiful. They went from under six figures a month in revenue to over a million a month in revenue in six months. And then they kept the one product offer on the front end. And on the back end, after you bought the one product offer, and you were That's already smart. in, then they let you customize with options. We went from one million a month to three million a month the very next month. That company did 20 million a month in their first two years on with that's, that that's strategy smart. on a platform. And they, they broke $60 million a month just a year and a half ago on the side, six years into that strategy. Mm-hmm. And what, what I love about it is it's like, are you a customer? Perfect. Here's one offer to get started. And then are you a, do you want to be our affiliate distributor? Okay, here's the one offer. And it was never, a, I call it the phone call moment. Mm-hmm. So whether you're doing direct response video that's going to cause your friend to then enroll or whether you're doing a webinar, it was never like, Post the webinar. Oh, can you walk me through the four options? Yeah. Now, now you 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 take that over to. There's a billion dollar wellness company out of Phoenix, Arizona that many people know on this line, and I got the honor to go through a study with them back in 2018. We won't rat them out, but what was so crazy about the study was that they were finding that it took the average person over 30 minutes to complete enrollment, and it was yeah. because there was all these options. You know, it was 
it was strawberry protein powder or strawberry vegan yeah. protein powder versus chocolate versus mocha. And, uh-huh. and you're sitting there saying like... And, and then there's like a deal oh. attached to this one, but not oh. this one. You're like, wait, which, yeah. which was the one I was supposed to do? Is yeah. it This yeah. 20% promo lasts mm-hmm. only today. And so that, that promo culture too, oh man, I could get started there. The, it gets nuts, right? It does. And so, so we have to look at, are we creating friction when we're trying to pull a lever? That's my big question. Yeah. Like, like you really have to ask, and I loved Scott's perspective on that because so many times we think we're helping and yet we're creating friction yeah. in the process. Well, yeah. well I, my, my first time really noticing that was actually at Purple. Yeah. So at Purple, when we first launched, we were the Purple Mattress. Mm-hmm. The single, like the Facebook, the, yeah. The we, well, well, no, mattress. no, I'm no, I'm saying like we had one mattress model. Oh, got it. Yeah, so okay. it was the, yeah. and then later on, and sales were great. Mm-hmm. People were like, "This is the best bed that you can mm-hmm. buy. This is the, you know." The, I bought one. I'm, yeah. I'm a customer of yours, by the way. Yeah. my oh, wife great. and I oh, sleep nice. on a purple mattress. So. Me too. And I still do too. We, we said, "Hey, when these when our when our children are no longer wetting the bed, we said we'll buy them one too." That's literally our carrot. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Our, no, our you just need the children, purple like, mattress protector. You stop. Like, yeah. Well, yeah, that's what you we need. told them when you stop wetting the bed, <laughs> you get a purple mattress. That's literally how we bribe our children to potty train. At that's the funny. So, literally, no joke. That's a true story. Well, we we actually did a Facebook Live. Those mattress protectors. We did a Facebook Live where we let people choose what they wanted. There were all these this wall of different things that uh-huh. we would concoct and make gross. Okay. And then we had Billy, our science boy, on the bed, and <laughs> and they would just get dumped all over. And it was alive. And we had never tested this to this extent before. That's hilarious. And so it was a mess. It was like, you know, inches of goop and stuff oh on the ground. Gosh. And I was terrified that we were going to lift that thing up and it was going to have seeped. It didn't. Wow. It, it worked, and I, I let out the biggest sigh of relief. But anyway, so they do work okay. in case you're worried will, about your kids. I will have to get the mattress. Um, but back to yeah, the, so, so, yeah, so back they to used to have simplicity. one model mattress. Yep. And um, so checkout was easy. There was no choice. There was no yep. three inches, four inches, five inches, six mm-hmm. inches. As soon as they introduced more models of yep. mattresses, sales actually slowed a little bit. I Conversion rates slowed That's quite a bit. They were putting more money into it to make up for it. And they were also trying to put it in brick and mortar stores. But that to me was like, a, mm-hmm. it was pretty clear, like people mm-hmm. respond to simplicity. And when you, again, like you were saying, this package versus this package and this you know, versus that, it's just so. I love that, like it's simple way too much friction. Yeah, become a customer, and then on the back end, once you're already familiar with us, yeah. you can figure out other things. You know, another great brand yes. in the D 2 C space that's expanded on that that I, I had a lot of respect for up front was DollarShaveClub.com. Mm-hmm. Also a customer. That's this wonderful mm-hmm. shaving face. Mm-hmm. But uh, when I bought from DollarShaveClub.com, and what I've enjoyed about their model before they were bought by PNG, right? And they yeah. got a little crazy. Yeah. But uh, pre PNG acquisition, we'll say is all you could do was get a handle and a razor blade. One. Yeah. And that was it. And only once you were in, and you'd already paid for that, you already subscribed, was it, oh, do you want to customize this box with other things for a man to use in his bathroom mm-hmm. at home? And so it was brilliant because you already had them on the hook for the razor subscription. You already had the handle getting shipped out of their house. Yeah. It's an easy upsell to say, hey, click, do you want a second handle for your gym bag? Got it. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Handle, 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 razor, 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 easy. And then all the complication came later on the inside yeah. and it, it removed the friction the customer's already there the commission's already paid it, it's it was just so simple and so i love your thought of hey when it comes to creating viral video content gang you got to get your messages right and you have to create enough intros to get it right that framework 
is just perfect for everyone listening today. And, and you got to know those frameworks are those extra videos too are not wasted. Those extra intros Scott was talking about earlier. I see people using those all the time as little social media pieces of content mm-hmm. that your reps are sharing that then get people back to the main video. Yeah. Now, now there's a, a there's a certain group of people who are watching today who are just overwhelmed. Okay, they're the person yeah. who's listening to this podcast and they already have an 18-month uh, roadmap ahead of them from their board and they're like, I don't have room to add anything to my plate. They're here and they're listening. And so my question for you would be, what would be the, the one thing you'd want them to take away that they should start applying now? Just if they, they say, I can only do one, right? From all the tips and everything they've heard mm-hmm. today, what would be the one thing you'd invite them to take away uh, from our time together today? I think that the thing I would, that I've learned, you know, specifically my area of expertise, which is content sure. creation, is you might think you might be some brand person or marketing exec, and you might think that you know, right? You, you might know the, you know, the answers. The nice thing about content creation is people will tell you, and there are ways of, you know, they'll, they'll tell you what's effective mm-hmm. by the way they respond to it. And so I think people really try and continue pushing a narrative that's just not sticking. And they're mm. thinking that it's, you know, ah, oh, there's something wrong with the people. Mm. They're not listening to me. They're, you know, and really we need to, you know, we need to reverse that, reverse that. Yeah. Like we need to that's do so the good. things that people are, because if it's good, they're going to respond there. It's, it's going to be good. It's, it's going to be like effective at driving home your message. So, and again, relating that back to kind of that, modular or, or kind of like testing out those different mm-hmm. concepts for, you know, intros or, you know, for your, your viral video content. Again, they'll let you know, you'll yeah. see the numbers, you'll see the difference in how they respond, how they engage with it. And, you know, go where they, you know, go where they want you to go and you'll find yourself in a good place. And you, we, we talk about book recommendations on the show quite a bit. You just took me back 14 years to one of Seth Gooden's uh, books, Tribes, in talking about mm-hmm. this idea of like, you got to slay the sacred cows. You got to realize you don't know it yeah. all. Like there's a certain humility in leadership of a company that's so critical of approaching the problem that we're all working on solving together without the attitude of, oh, I don't know how to fix it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know how to fix it. Because to your point, the marketplace votes with their money. Yeah. Like if you can be right or you can actually win for your people, right? And be a good steward of all, all the resources yeah. that are coming in. So I love that picture. And and I also think it relates back to the simplicity thing. Yeah. Like if you've got this, you know, it, it, this massive catalog of stuff, mm-hmm. it's pretty easy as a, you know, if you're running a direct sales company to go and say, look at what I really don't ever sell. You know, look at what is really mm-hmm. a distraction from this and really like, you know, if, if there is somebody out there that's feeling like things are too overwhelming, like mm-hmm. look at where you can simplify because, you know, you might yeah. be, you don't need to create a video for this little product over here and this one over here if nobody's really looking at it, if, you yeah. know, if nobody wants to buy it. it. It helps you refine your message and it helps you focus on like the things that really are going to push your business forward. Yeah. So. And that's such a great point to leave. It's not just simplifying your product mix. You're hearing us say simplifying your product mix, simplifying your product mix. But it's also simplifying that offer, right, where people know that I can share this and other people respond. And, hey, these people in my life who may want to become affiliates in this program, hey, if they had this great video, they could share it too and win. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about the tools you create because you, you give confidence to people who don't have confidence at the end of the day, right? Yeah. What, I, what I love about, I mean, direct sales here, we're supporting these 
young entrepreneurs who young in you know in their mm-hmm. in the years that we're we're creating a path for them to bless their lives and their families' lives through direct sales, referral marketing. And when we can create tools that gives them confidence so they know they can do this, that's the aha moment for me. Yeah. Like I I know that I I love that moment in my life. That's like my favorite thing is when people who didn't know they could do this now know they can do this because of the tools we create. And these keys you share today, even and simple. Like we we overcom usually we're our worst enemies. And I love the reminder you're sharing today because we are overcomplicating it. Yeah. And I love that as a one thing. That's good. Well, Scott, it was a total treat to have you out here today. Safe travels back to Salt Lake. For those of you that are brand new to the DSEF or just checking out this session for the very first time, whether you're watching on the streams on LinkedIn or on YouTube, the Direct Selling Executives Forum is a free place for direct selling executives to share questions and attend panels and speak on panels of the real stuff that's going on in all of our businesses right now. It's on LinkedIn. You can go to directsellingexecutivesforum.com. You'll be forward to the LinkedIn page because it's a LinkedIn group. That's where we do everything. And uh, you can apply to join for free uh, there. Thank you so much for being here today. Have an amazing week. We'll talk with you all soon. Bye for now. If you haven't yet joined the DSEF group on LinkedIn, go to directsellingexecutiveforum.com or go on LinkedIn and search for Direct Selling Executive Forum to apply. The group is free and is an invite-only community of direct selling executives by direct selling executives. (laughs) 